Hi, my name is Daniel Robus, and I'd like to welcome you to the Tech Central podcast. Today, sponsored by Call Miner, a leading service provider from the United States. And Brian LaRoche is joining us from Boston. Good morning, Brian. Thank you for getting up so early to come and spend some time with myself and the listeners. Um, it was a real treat. We're super excited to have you. But before we go, we are going into autumn in Johannesburg, and the new buds of spring should be coming out in Boston. How is Boston today? Yeah, no, it's uh, uh, allergy season is in full force here in the States, especially in the northeastern part of the United States. And uh, I'm fully loaded up with all the medications so that I can appear somewhat clear and coherent for you today. That's awesome. And in the States, your sports tend to follow the cycle of the seasons as well. So are you entering baseball season now? What season are you going into? Yeah, so this is an interesting time of year because there's a fair amount of overlap. So yeah, baseball just started for us a couple weeks ago and our football season is over, but we still are also hockey and basketball are still in play they're in the latter parts of their season so there's always this bit of overlap and um i don't want to brag but for anyone that uh, that follows uh american sports boston is referred to as title town we have all of four of our major sports football baseball basketball and hockey have all won the world championships for their respective sports in the last 20 years which is really kind of rare you can go through Boston sports, for instance, was notorious for not winning a baseball championship for something like 87 years. So, but now everything seems to be hitting on all cylinders. So I cannot wait one day to go to a Red Sox game. I think we spoke about that in our preparation and visit Marky Mark and have one of his burgers from one of the burger (laughs) joints there. From the Wahlburgers. Yes. Yeah, Absolutely. That there seems to be so much happening out of Boston. And whilst it's permeating the rest of the world, there is something almost surreal and old worldly surrounding Boston. And just your way of approaching this introduction to myself has been a more gentle approach than the Silicon Valley boom, eat our technology yeah. and, you know, start sipping from the Kool Aid. So thanks for that. This change, this digital adoption that we're seeing around the world, it's not whether or not people are adopting cloud, it's how they're adopting it and how they're chewing it off. Why do you think Coalminer has taken that more gentle approach than some of the bigger OEMs that's shoving their doctrine down their clients' throats? Well, it comes from a general theme and a passionate core belief of Coalminer you know, we believe that feedback is a gift. And while that's what our technology enables for our customers, it is the same very basic belief that we have about listening to our customers to help us develop and evolve our technology platform. So, you know, our approach is to listen to our customers as they're utilizing our technology. They, quite frankly, are our unofficial product development team. They're the ones that are constantly giving us feedback. We like this feature. Could we add this functionality? Those types of things. So it really has been a collaboration. In fact, our annual user conference is called Listen. And we really passionately believe in that, that by listening to your customers, you really will improve your business. But making sure we take the time 
to uh, listen to our customers as well. So as we evolve that, that platform and those specific technologies, that it really is encompassing the functionality that our customers are looking for to achieve their goals. That's outstanding. I really enjoyed even the wording of the topic today, voice the new empathy channel. What we are finding and what we're finding through our customer feedback, as well as some of the work that we've been doing from a development stage, that noticing the, the really specific correlation between what customers are dealing with in terms of, you know, C-19, you know, the world crisis, there's always something going on in the world, yes. right? And the stress and strain that their customers are experiencing. And then by analyzing interactions, recognizing how the best response from the agents elicits the best optimal outcome for that communication or that interaction with the customer. And let's face it, I, I think we all recognize that an empathetic response usually provides a deeper level of insight and it provides a better level of communication and understanding between the two parties, wherever they might be, whether it's family members or whatever, listening and, and, and feeling what they're going through, walking in their shoes, so to speak, as the old saying goes, typically elicits ultimately the best outcome for all parties concerned. Are you saying that automation is actually giving more time for our direct channels to be more human? So what automation is allowing us to do, the progression that's taking place here, is that automation can help to guide better conversations. And so the whole notion of analyzing all the interactions that take place, regardless of the channel in which they occur. So it could be a voice call, text, chat, email, SMS, uh, whatever those interactions might be. The ability to analyze all of those interactions and then synthesize the key salient points from those interactions to understand, you know, what are the callers talking about or those communicators? I'll use callers. What was the drivers for their calls? What were the issues that were present during that call? What was the level of agitation or emotion that was expressed? Where were they in their journey? Is this the third call they had to make to get there or the first call? Now, automation and technology is allowing us to really better understand the customer's journey. And as a result of that, we then can find and benchmark the best ways to address those particular issues. So automation allows you to, in simplest terms, and especially our technology, takes the millions of or billions of words that are spoken every day, which is unstructured data, by the way. And it, when you think about it, it's an overwhelming amount. What interaction analytics does is it synthesizes those billions or millions of words that are spoken every day into meaningful, actionable insights. In other words, it can take all of that and bring it down and boil it down into very specific categories and contextual references that organizations can understand and use that insight, that information, that data to provide a better customer experience, a better customer outcome. And do you think the advancement of self-service because of the COVID pandemic has changed the role of an agent today and, and oh, made self-service yeah. just take off? Yeah. So what we're finding is that automation is taking care of, so, you know, the IVRs and chatbots and all of these automated programs, RPA enabled technologies are allowing you to facilitate a lot of service challenges with your customer base 
whether they're B2B or B2C, for the simple things, right? So you need to reset a password or you need to do something that may be relatively simple to do. Mm. You can use those automated channels to help facilitate that. But what we're finding is when those automated elements, those chatbot functions are not serving the customer's needs, then voice is now becoming the empathy channel, right? Because now, all right, they've given up. They tried, they went on the website, they couldn't get it done. They tried to go through the automated IVR. That didn't work for them. So not only were they not satisfied at that point, they're at a typically a slightly higher level of agitation, if you will, right? (laughs) I mean, we've all experienced that, right? That frustration, this was supposed to be easy to do. It's not, now I got to call in. And so they're already ratcheted up, so to speak. And so one of the really key elements is that employee, that agent, that customer service rep's ability to address that caller's issue and to be empathetic about what's going on with them, to express that, to reflect back to them their concern about the problem that they're faced with and that they're there to help resolve that issue for them. So this is what we're seeing is agents you know, everyone talks about you know, automation, oh, where people are going to lose their jobs because of automation. We're finding really just the opposite. What's happening is the people that now have to handle those calls, those calls are typically longer, they're more challenging, and your agents now almost need to be like super agents because yeah. they've, they've really got to handle the more challenging aspects. And by the way, that also includes the digitally vulnerable. So that's an important element to consider here is voice is going to be the preferred channel for anyone that isn't comfortable using some of the more automated service functions, right? So we're talking about the elderly or people that may perhaps not have that degree of technology equipment on hand. Maybe they don't own a smartphone or a laptop. I have a sister who's 10 years younger than I am that doesn't own a laptop or a computer. She's an analog person. And so for her to resolve anything, she has to go through more traditional voice channels. Wow. I love that talk around the super agents and we're expecting more from our agents. So the call center is no longer being a pass-through service area that back of the bus, it's actually quite a wedge into the business. Is that why coal miners' curiosity into this industry resulted in the Forester's research? Exactly. We asked Forrester, a world-leading analytics firm, to help us really understand what is the evolving role of the customer service rep in today's customer-centric environment. And we wanted to know what organizations were feeling and we pulled a lot of companies on a global basis from, you know, from all the continents, quite frankly, and from a variety of organizational sizes. So, you know, some folks had, you know, contact centers or engagement centers of maybe 50 to 100 agents. Others had tens of thousands of agents. But what we found, we started to find some universal things. And that was with adding technology, the paths become more complex as we, as organizations offer this multi-channel experience to people. Again, what we were finding is voice is now becoming that critical channel. And what's equally important is companies are now, you know, they were forced to, because of the pandemic, everyone was forced to send their contact center agents home. 
And many of them had to implement solutions on a rather rapid basis. So not ideal solutions, kind of band-aids, if you will. And so many organizations struggled through those first few months to create a work-from-home environment that satisfied, first and foremost, the customers and maybe the agents on the backside of things, right? And so, of course, everyone's forced to work from home. Some people have ideal work-from-home environments, others less so. And so one of the other things that we found was the employee experience. We refer to the EX of CX, all right? The employee experience really ultimately impacts the customer experience. And, you know, not everybody, again, from an agent standpoint, if you are, uh, you know, in your 30s and 40s, you may have children at home, you know, they may be doing distance learning as well. So the kids are running around. Your spouse or partner might also be working out of the house. And, you know, ideally, you don't have five or six places in a home where everyone could go to their corner and do their thing. So there's a little bit of chaos, all the stress, and of course, all the stress that's also associated with working from home to begin with, um, dealing with everything in the world that we are dealing with today, really meant that if you didn't have a good situation for your employees, it ultimately left to some challenges in terms of providing optimal experience for your customers. And one of the things that came out of the survey that really popped, and this came out of not only the survey, but our assessment from our customers leveraging our technology, that 70% of people that call in or engage in a contact center strongly agree that good customer service outweighs any kind of bad brand experience. So think about that for a minute. You know, people are calling in, they're calling in hot, their product's not working or their service isn't functioning as it was supposed to do. So these people are calling in hot. If an agent has the appropriate empathy and skill sets, right? So if they're getting the performance feedback, you're going to turn a lemon into lemonades, as the old saying goes. You you guys use that saying down in South Africa? Yeah. We usually have lemon and tequila, but we'll take that. We understand where you go. I'm right there with you, my friend. (laughs) 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 But uh, yeah, so, you know, that it's a powerful evidence to show that if you really empower your agents with the right skill sets, if you understand where they're strong and where they may have some challenges and provide them the type of performance feedback that says, listen, you're really, Daniel, you are great at the call opening. You give the proper greeting, you're polite, you're welcoming, and you do a great job of that. And you really show good ownership of the issue as well. But your call closing, your summary, ensuring that the customer understands what the next steps are, what we're going to do or what they'll experience next, you need to work on that. And let me show you some examples of where that took place. And again, with the ability to analyze 100% of the interactions and have that, that synthesized data right at the coaches, right in front of them, and perhaps in front of the agent as well, if you set it up to share the feedback with them which we recommend you do, then they can actually see each of their scores, those KPIs and metrics, and understand what they're doing really well at and complement them on those things. You're at the top of the class on call ownership. And then show them, all right, on your call closings, 
your performance is down a little bit. Let's listen to a couple, let's click on a couple of these calls and listen to those examples where the customer really didn't quite understand what the next steps were. So this report about the customer experience and the opportunity to turn a lemon into lemonades really is a reflection of a really critical element that our technology addresses. And that is the ability to provide consistent agent performance feedback to the quality assurance people, to the coaches or team leads, and directly to the agents as well. So that opportunity to see what they're doing well and compliment them, by the way, you know, people tend to think about interaction analytics as only finding the bad. It's quite the contrary. It's also about finding the good and the really good and the great calls, which is really the optimal goal of so many people in the contact center Mm -hmm. to find those great calls and produce those consistently. So providing performance feedback to the agents about what they're doing well and where they may have some challenges gives them the opportunity to kind of self-correct, right? So it's that opportunity. It's like when you're playing golf and somebody says, hey, Daniel, I noticed that when you pull your back, you know, when you go into your backswing, you're, you're turning your left leg a little bit, you know? So that kind of, if you calm that down, I think you'll have a more effective, you know, swing through mm-hmm. and be able to get that feedback and then to be able to see the agent put that into practice right away. And then the very next day, see their scores again and said, hey, I went from a nine, you know, a nine one to a nine three on that particular KPI because of the feedback I got. Mm. And that ultimately, that is the EX of CX. If I've improved that agent's performance in that particular area, I am now ultimately going to have that agent giving a better customer experience. Absolutely. Nobody likes to live in a confined box where they don't see the impact of what they do, especially on your customer. What does the perfect call miner customer look like to you? Where do you know you're going to make a big impact in their world? And how long does the adoption of call miner take for an organization? So I'm going to classify that not from an industry or a vertical standpoint, because we've got such a broad spectrum Mm. of customers, but rather organizations that are vested in optimizing customer experience and agent experience as well, and recognizing that they need technologies like interaction analytics to ensure that they consistently are delivering that both for their employees and for their customers as well. And so there are organizations that say, hey, we've got, whether it's 100 agents on the phone or 1,000 agents, whatever that number might be, and we're manually doing quality assurance right now. So that old, you know, this call yeah. is being recorded for quality purposes. Well, if you're not using interaction analytics technology, the likelihood that that call that you did was listened to is probably about half of 1%. So to go from statistically a half of 1% to 100% of the interactions, and once again, to be able to learn from that call, what this technology does in essence is it can analyze and concisely identify what was said, how it was said, when it was said, who said it, and over what channel or channels. So customer journey analytics as well was said. And in fact, that is really the essence to be able to understand all of those things, to take all of that unstructured data and present it down into meaningful ports 
dashboards and performance reviews that they literally can use. In fact, a lot of our leading organizations, real thought leaders that are using our technology are actually starting to use the scores that they're driving through our platform. They're using it to actually provide some of the compensation model for their agents. Wow. So when they achieve certain score levels, they have the opportunity to increase the amount of money that they earn. And by the way, that's critically important. I'll give you a good example of an industry that has flourished with that is the collections industry. So anyone that's involved with revenue cycle management or accounts receivable, either as an industry or perhaps it's a function within an organization, right? In the old days, people were recognized and compensated by how much money they collected. Yeah. That presents a problem, right? Because the methodology in which they use to collect that money may not really necessarily align with good practices and even registrate. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So organizations in this account receivable space recognize that if they can use ideal calls and better performance by the agents, ensuring that they do all of the right things, right party identification, disclosure statements, record all of those things. If they follow all of the procedures that satisfy both the company's policies and practices, as well as government regulations, then they're afforded the opportunity to increase their compensation because they're scoring better on all those things. So in other words, it's truly rewarding the right behavior. Absolutely. It's pretty simple, right? Carrot and step. Uh, it sounds simple. It it sounds, but I want to ask you, is this only the domain of those big mega corporates or mega call centers with thousands of agents or even hundreds of agents? Where would you say is an entry for someone to look at interactive analytics? You know, we have customers with as few as 50 agents. Okay. The typical smaller customer is in that 100 agent profile. And again, we have many of those in that space. We also have a, a pretty substantial number of customers that, again, have hundreds and thousands of agents. In fact, some of our larger customers, some of the biggest business processors in the world use our technology. So we've got customers with 60,000 agents. We have customers where we're analyzing 30,000 hours of interactions a day. Wow. So there's okay, quite a scale. So we scale. We scale. And that's the beauty of this because we're a cloud-based solution. The technology is really scalable from, from a, you know, again, that hundred agent scenario upwards to thousands of agents and yeah, very elastic. And, you know, the other thing that we're very proud of is right from the very beginning, we wanted to make this technology really extensible and usable by the end user. So instead of us burying people with professional services, we've actually created our product so that it's very user-friendly, that the search engines and things are intuitive, like a Google search or things of that nature. So, you know, there's no easy button with speech analytics or interaction analytics, but our goal was to make it easier. So we pre-build a lot of the content for customers as well. So when they start, they're not starting from scratch. They're actually starting with pre-built categories and scores and things of that nature that are very specific to their contact center objective. So it could be customer experience, it could be sales, it could be accounts receivable, it could be healthcare. Okay. And so we have all of these different packages that help to facilitate a rapid start and acceleration to ROI. 
I was just thinking that you are either reading my mind or you've got a picture of the questions that I want to ask you. From an African perspective, we want to fast track our innovation, but we also want to fast track our service levels. I wonder how you deal with accents and languages. We don't all sound like we're from Boston or from Cambridge. You know, you may not know this, but South Africa has 11 official languages. Yes. So people are talking and have different levels of both English and their language of interaction choice. Right, right. How does Call Miner smash that across the line? So we provide these services. Our technology is used on, I think, four continents right now with a variety of dialects. And so we do have a very specifically tuned South African English language. Again, we're in Australia, New Zealand, United Kingdom, all of these different countries, India. And by the way, in the United States, you may or may not know this, but there's a pretty broad variety of English accents there as well. So we're very proud. In fact, we formed a partnership with Genie Analytics, a company based in South Africa. And so we actually can offer our products and services through our Genie partnership And they are a South African organization. So they took our technology onto their platform and to their offering because they felt it was the most robust and scalable and flexible technology. And they're delivering services now to customers, leveraging that and addressing the unique needs of the South African marketplace. That's That sounds brilliant. It's so nice to hear when South African organizations are driving the OEM as well. Yeah. So, Brian, you obviously spend a lot of time creating the buzz for Call Miner, and you must have seen hundreds of customers that are in the same situation moving from two. What would you suggest is the top three things that a call center executive should be concentrating on when they're modernizing their call center to take advantage of interactive analytics? Yeah, that's a great question. So three things that come to mind. Number one is be clear on what your objectives are. If you buy this technology because you think it's cool or because you have to do it because your competitors are doing it, that's really not the right motivation for you. You need to have a good sense of what you want to do and what are the goals for your organization. You need, by the way, to also have, you know, top-down buy-in to this because there is work. Like I said, there's no easy button for interaction analytics. We try to make it as easy as possible to implement the solution. And again, we provide a lot of guidance and customer support and things of that nature. But having a clear understanding of what your goals and initiatives are going to be Secondly, to make sure that you are orienting the entire organization to those goals. So, you know, when you're rolling out a technology like this, this is going to be a game changer for everybody, for every stakeholder that has some level of investment, including, by the way, people outside of the contact center. So when you think about the insights that you're going to be able to glean now, Think about the other sections of your organization that this is going to empower, your marketing team, product development, your customer service, your web portal. I mean, think about all the things that you touch, legal, compliance, all of those areas. So you not only want to have those stakeholders involved and enrolled in this, uh, but you also want to make sure that you have consistent executive support as well. 
So again, top down, make sure that you're educating and orienting everybody that's going to be involved in this process. So education, the rollout, if you will, Mm -hmm. is really important. Mm -hmm. And then finally, something I say all the time is the great thing about interaction analytics is it can do a million things. The challenging thing about interaction analytics is it can do it a can do things. a million things. <laughs> so, so you may have heard this expression before too. We really stress to organizations when they're implementing this solution is to not boil the ocean. In other words, don't put this in and say, "I'm going to take care of this, 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 and this right out of the gates." That's difficult to do, and you're going to dilute your efforts and your outcomes and, and successes by it. But rather say, okay, guys, we're all in this together. We're working this. We're going to orient in everybody that's going to be part of this. So the agents understand what they're going to receive for information. And, and we're going to train the QA folks and the supervisors and coaches to how to use the platform. And then we're going to start with one initiative. So don't try to boil the ocean. Don't try to do, don't try to solve all of your problems in a day because that's not going to work either. So we really, when we're implementing a solution for a customer, we provide a lot of what we call playbook guidance. So Mm. we have a very prescribed methodology that we recommend. And those organizations use that prescribed methodology, the, the outcomes are amazing. And because we suggest start with one initiative, gives everybody a chance to orient it to the product, to understand the nuances, to understand how we're going to use it. And then you can take that success to expand and address Mm. other areas. And, you know, we're rather proud of uh, some of our South African customers and some of the great things Mm. that they're doing with our technology. And as I said before, our customers are always showing us new ways. Like Mm. we'll roll this out to them and they'll say, Hey, I want to show something to you that, uh, um, that we discovered. For instance, we had a customer in the financial services space in the U.S. that said, we're actually using speech analytics to do fraud detection. And I go, well, what do you mean? Well, people are calling in and trying to, you know, get away with scams or things of that nature. And because when we analyze everything, we're also analyzing the metadata of the call. So who was the caller, the account number, all of those different things. And we can look at those outcomes and say, okay, there were 27 instances last month where fraud attempts were made. So now we're going to pull back those interactions and look at the trend and the pattern of those calls to understand what are these people doing. Once they learned that, and they they developed this really rapidly, they were able to then retrain their agents to say, listen, when you hear this, alert your supervisor because this is likely a fraud call. And they took their fraud and their their fraud losses from hundreds of thousands of dollars down to under like $50,000 in the span of 90 days because they quickly, so it's, it's, it's interesting. Again, voice of the customer, voice of the agent, understanding what these folks are doing. And so that's just one example. You know, it's interesting. We have within our customer base in South Africa, we have financial services, insurance services, business process outsourcers. It's a real variety of things. And it's really cool to see how different industries Mm -hmm. can leverage and benefit by this technology. You know, I think when I started a long, long time ago in 1995, they just uh, launched something called cellular. 
and I started in the call center. And we had quite a visionary leader then, John Beck, who when he got a new sea level, he had to come and answer phones for a week in the call That's center great. because it gives you the heartbeat of the organization. That's right. And I can just imagine the, the posture of those agents now that have detected fraud and been part of the solution. They stand up taller because they're the guardians at the gate. You know, that is such, it's just to be proud of. So you obviously have a call minor tattoo. You love the organization. <laughs> I, I really what, do. What are you most excited about in the next half year? What release is coming out that's just making you think, man, they did it again? We actually were recognized by Forrester back a couple of years ago as being the leader in AI-fueled speech analytics. And so we're continuing to evolve our artificial intelligent elements and learning machine learning modules to help accelerate the development and trending information. So understanding customer patterns. When you develop a product, so let's say you're a customer service organization, you're rolling out a new product you are going to now have to teach, you know, maybe a different script, maybe mm. different selling points, maybe objections from the customer or whatever the case may be. And so analytics consists of taking, again, all of those millions of words that are spoken and basically synthesize and index those into what we refer to as categories. Mm. So category is simply put an expression of a particular issue. So politeness is a category. Empathy is a category, understanding, all of those different things. And so uh, for politeness, for instance, that category consists of all the different ways that somebody might express politeness. So good morning. How are you? How are you doing today? It's a great day today. You know, thanks for calling us, all those different things. So categories uh, consist of all of those different expressions. And with artificial and with the AI functionality of our platform, we're accelerating the development so we can actually, the system can actually help to build the category. So you don't have to have an analyst actually creating all of these different expressions. The system, and it's a function of our platform called Illuminate, that actually listens to all of your calls, groups and indexes them, and actually builds the categories for you. In essence, it's doing more of the work. So it's one of the really exciting elements of what we're doing. That and our real-time product. So we do what's referred to as post-contact analytics, but we also have real-time functionality as well. And so that's another area that is starting to take hold in the U.S. And we're doing some over in EMEA as well. And of course, South Africa is part of EMEA. So we see that as something that's going to be emerging as well. So the ability to actually understand and analyze the call as it's happening and giving the guidance to the agent literally within milliseconds of the person wow. speaking those words to say, hey, Daniel, you know, that somebody said, I don't need to talk to your manager. I understand. You know, it will really literally provide you back some guidance on what would be the next best actions to take as the agent to diminish that situation. Brian, our time together has flown by. What advice would you give to customers? What three pieces of advice would you give to a customer who's running a call center today, right now? First of all, I would highly suggest to them that they get access to this Forrester study. They can actually get it right from your website, from the IT Tech Central website, and they can download that report. And Perfect. I think it's a, 
it's really a good starting point. Remember when I talked before about really truly understanding what are your goals and objectives before you start this journey to perhaps acquire interaction analytics and, and hopefully it would be call miners. Um, we really suggest that you look at the study and truly understand where the value plays right now, why the right technology must be positioned as part of your tech stack and as part of your strategy to ensure that, again, you're really providing the best possible outcome from interactions with your customers and giving your employees, your agents, your customer service reps, the empowerment tools to really help them. And by the way, in understanding that, it provides a much better employee relationship, quite frankly. It really is a game changer. Mm-hmm. One of the big things about analytics is the opportunity to, you know, to remove the human biases that typically take place when we try to do performance coaching or quality management. When you're just trying to sample calls, it's really hard to do that consistently. Mm-hmm. There tends to be some human bias that comes into play. Interaction analytics really levels the playing field. And that's why, surprisingly, a big shock to most customers when they acquire this technology, they're always concerned about how their agents are going to receive the notion of having all their calls analyzed. They are typically the biggest fans. Because if you're good, you want to be able to prove you're good and consistently good. And this is a great way in which to do that. So we were giving advice to customers. I want to summarize that. It start with having a look at the Forrester study, which they can get from the Tech Central website. Just uh, click on the link. Understand the right technology on the technology layers because it's supporting the best outcomes for the customers and empowering your agents. And then also look inwardly at how we are empowering agents through both feedback and through access and through empowerment. You know, summarizing, I come from a sales perspective. If there was real-time insight analytics anywhere where I'm working, I would be standing with my catcher's mitt waiting for all the hot leads that are coming out there. I mean, this must just be a source for hunting for the sales guys, which is a whole different discussion. Brian, your title is in charge of the buzz for call miner. I can really see the passion you have for both the organization and for what it does to contact centers. And I'm very excited that omni-channel is now not a thing that we read about, that it's really alive. And contact centers are so much more than a complaints engine. And thank you for sharing a little bit about the call miner journey. I can't wait to speak to you again on our podcast. Would like to thank you for getting up so early because it's seven o'clock in the morning where you are. My pleasure. And the opportunity uh, to talk to you, Daniel, I'd get up even earlier. Ah, thank you. We'll take that as a success. And from us at Tech Central, we'd like to say to you at Call Miner, thank you for enabling us to have this podcast, for sending your best foot forward. And I look forward to seeing you in Boston very soon. Daniel from Tech Central signing off. Got it. Thanks, Daniel.